0: As you know, we're going through a series in Psalms. Um, The the Psalms, the book of Psalms, is if you take your Bible and just split it down the middle, you'll be somewhere in the book of Psalms. We're in Psalm 98. And if you've got these Bibles that are in front of you, they should be just in a cage underneath the chair in front of you. Um, It's on page 483. And if you haven't got any of that, then the readings will come up behind me as well. Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into turbulent song with music. Make music to the Lord with with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blasts of ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it. Let the world and all who live in it let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he has come to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. Thanks, Rami. Uh, I'm going to speak
1: about that psalm or from that psalm just a minute. Um, this morning I got a text from... Um, From a a family that sometimes come at night time, sometimes come in the day, the Dunkleys. um, uh, Graham and Alison will come at night. And uh, Graham's sister uh, has cancer, and she's having a procedure tomorrow which uh, is on her liver, um, and it's a fairly difficult procedure, and we've been asked to pray for that. So I'm going to pray. But I'm also going to pray the young family are facing a funeral this week for Carolyn's mum. And I'm going to pray for that as well. So please join me as I pray. Our Father, we thank you that, as Nadine has reminded us, as she prayed to you, there is so much to be thankful for. Thank you for your character. We thank you for joy that we have because of the Lord Jesus. We confess often that we are so affected by circumstances that come into our lives. We desire that we may live trusting in whatever happens that you are good, you know, and you're working out your purposes. But at times we confess that we can fall in a heap and distrust that you are good. But we remind ourselves as we pray of your faithfulness. We do pray for Janine tomorrow for this procedure. Uh, Please give the doctors wisdom if they need to make decisions mid-procedure. Help them to discern what is best. From our perspective, we pray that it may be successful, if possible, and that would be helpful for her. We also pray for Carolyn and for Kirk, for Lincoln and Lizzie, for Emma and Chloe and Hannah, and for the grandchildren as they face the funeral for Carolyn's mum. Thank you for Gabrielle, thank you for her life, that she was someone who came to know you and trust in you, even in her latter years. Thank you for your grace. We pray that the service may honour Gabrielle and may glorify you. Amen. Well, I want to encourage you, as you get older, you're going to have health problems. Uh, I'm not there yet, so it's okay for me. Uh, One of those health problems is that I'm guessing for 90% of you, you'll need glasses at some time in your life. Um, For about 30 years, I've worn glasses, which means every two years or so, I have to go to the optometrist. uh, And they check my eyes. And I wear multifocals, which means the same glasses can see long-distance but also I can read what's close up. And they put different lenses in to try and get both of those working. Some lenses make it much clearer and some lenses make it blurry. And I say, I tell them whether it's better or worse than what's before. They want to help me to be able to read and help me to see long distance. The psalm that Rami read out is like those lenses. The psalm wants to help us to readjust, to refocus, so we see God more clearly. For the reality is that we need spiritual checkups regularly, for things happen in our lives that cause us to not see God clearly through the scriptures. It may be that we don't read the Bible very often and our view of God is from the culture around us and we begin to question things about God because of that. It may be we compare ourselves to others and while some people make us feel better, other people make us feel worse and we need to remind ourselves of what God says about who we are. It may may be our fears and insecurities are there and we question a whole lot of things. Or it may be that tragedy tramples into our life, which cause us to question God. Where was God when this happened to me? All things that can affect our focus and our trust in God. We need the Bible to examine us. And this is one of the things that Psalm 98 does. Psalm 98 is actually part of a group of psalms. Psalm 93 and then 95, 96, 97 and 98 and 99 are, are, have been called enthronement psalms that refer to the Lord when you see Anne spoke a couple of weeks ago about the Lord when it's in capital letters, the Lord, Yahweh, as the true king of creation. And in those Psalms, we read either the word king or the word reigns. He rules in those Psalms. It examines and reminds us that God rules at every level of life. And we know we have 2020 godly vision as our long distance faith, as Nadine prayed, looked forward to the Lord Jesus coming. I think she used the word confidently in her prayer, that long-distance vision, but also the short distance of living today in our lives, making choices to worship God with our priorities and our desires. Well, the psalm begins, sing to the Lord a new song. Uh, When I used to live in Toronto up near Newcastle, I would go sometimes to the Newcastle Jets games, the, uh, the soccer games. Once they were playing the Central Coast Mariners, and the Jets had qualified for the finals. Uh, the Mariners hadn't. But the Jets were losing this game, and so the Central Coast fans started chanting about how their team was winning. And some smart Alec began singing for the Jets We're in the finals! And so all the JET supporters just began singing this song. We sing in so many places. We sing in the shower. We sing in the car. You see people's lips moving even though you can't hear it. People sing when they're leaving the pub. People sing at birthday parties. People sing the national anthem. We sing when things are going well. And yet God's people can sing not only when things are going well. They can sing because of who God is and what he has done. And so the psalm in the first three verses wants to remind us of this. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Uh, Last May... Uh, You may remember there was the king's coronation. And a man called Andrew Lloyd Webber composed a new song for the occasion. And the new song was called Make a Joyful Noise. It was a new song actually based on this psalm. He wrote a new song for a new occasion. We don't know why Psalm 98 was written. We don't know the occasion for that. But if we look at the Psalm, we find that the verbs in these first three verses are in the past tense. It's pointing back. He has done marvellous things, have worked salvation. The Lord has made his salvation now and revealed his righteousness. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness, have seen the salvation of our God. It's pointing back to a time beforehand when God rescued his people. And notice the word three times in these three verses, in verses 1, 2, and 3, the word Salvation. The psalm was a response to God saving, having saved his people. Maybe it was when the Israelites were rescued out of Egypt. We know that Miriam sang at that time. It may be when the people of Israel went into captivity in Babylon and God brought them back. We know from Isaiah that the people sang a new song at that time. God saves because of who he is. Notice the words in these verses. The words that describe his character. His right hand and his holy arm refer to his power, his righteousness and love and faithfulness. He reveals himself. And the psalm reminds us to sing a new song in gratitude for who God is and what He has done. And the Exodus and the Exile actually find their greater fulfillment in Jesus' death, where He rescues people from sin and saves them from coming judgment because we all push the Creator aside. We all forget that he deserves the place of honour in our lives. And so the psalm reminds us that singing is an expression of thanksgiving. We sing as individuals, but when we come to church, we do that together and we do that to encourage each other. Do you ever wonder how how you sing in church, what effect that has on people around you? Do you wonder? A guy called Richard Stearns, who was a president of World Vision some time ago, he visited uh, a place called Port-au-Prince, which is in the country of Haiti, a year after the 2010 earthquake. The place where he visited the church was a tent made from tarps and duct tape, pitched in a homeless community of people, thousands of people. And in the front row of this church were six amputees ranging from the age of six to 60. Each of them sang with a sense of worship that was full of hope and thanksgiving. One of these six was a lady called Demosi, a 32-year-old unemployed single mother. During the earthquake, a collapsed building crushed her right arm and her left leg, resulting in both being amputated. Richard Stearns met Demosi's two daughters, who were eight and ten. The three of them lived in a tent that was five feet tall and eight feet wide. Despite losing her job and home and two limbs, she was so grateful that God had saved her life, allowing her to raise her girls, but also to serve him. And Richard Stearns, just blown away by this, he writes, as he reflects on it, how easily he grumbles at small inconveniences like a slow Wi-Fi connection. And yet in Haiti, many who had lost so much sang enthusiastic praise to God. And he said, I felt pity and sadness for them, but it's they who might better pity me for the shallowness of my own walk with Christ. How thankful are you How thankful are you for the Lord Jesus? How does that reflect in you as we meet together at church and you sing? In Christ we've received so much and we are commanded. It's a command to sing in response. But the temptation is to come to church saying, what will I get? How will it speak to me? Which friends will I connect with? You see, when I talk about me or I, I am at the centre. Yet the church is the community of Christ's body. And so it's about Christ and about us together. Does the way you come to church and the way you sing spur gratitude in others around you? Do you regularly find reasons to thank God for all you have? Could you write a new song today because of all that God has given you and what he has done? The next command is shout. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. The next three verses we read, shout to the Lord, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Interestingly, this loud and joyful adoration is to be the response of all the earth, along with many instruments, because God is King. In the first three verses, the tense were past tense. Here they are, present tense. All people are to rejoice as a loud symphony because the Lord is worthy of worship. And yet we don't need to look very far before we realise that not all the earth worships God. In fact, the majority of the earth doesn't worship God. So this psalm, while we live in the present, calls us to joyfully look to the future, for a time will come when there will be all the earth shouting praise. But to live in the present, looking to the future, is about living joyfully now, and to live joyfully is to not be controlled by circumstances. In 2013, in a second-hand bookstore, in a book that was sold, a letter was discovered in that book. It was a letter from C.S. Lewis. It had been written to a Mrs. Ellis. And in the letter, he says, Everything is going well. But then C.S. Lewis goes on to explain that he does not mean joy by this. He speaks about joy not being dependent on what happens to or around us, for whether he gets good or bad news, the response is the same an assurance that God is good and in control. Therefore, he can rejoice and give thanks for all things. We can live in the present looking to the future because of who God is. Uh, My wife was given a a book many years ago, um, which I read a a bit of it. Um, it It's written by a a lady called Lisa Beamer. It's called Let's Roll. And it's about her husband Todd, who was killed in Flight 93 in Pennsylvania on 9-11. So this is back in 2001. She writes in the book, God knew the terrible choices the terrorists would make and that Todd would die as a result. He knew my children would be left without a father and me without a husband. Yet in his sovereignty and in his perspective on the big picture, he knew it was far better to allow the events to unfold as they did rather than redirect Todd's plans to avoid death. I can't see all the reasons that he might have allowed this when I know he could have stopped it. I don't like how his plan looks from my perspective right now, but knowing that he loves me and can see the world from start to finish helps me say it's okay. If we believe wholeheartedly each moment that our destiny rests in the hands of Jesus Christ, the one with ultimate love and ultimate power what do we have to be concerned about? Of course, our humanity clouds this truth many times, but hanging on to glimpses of it keeps everything in perspective. I find that really, really helpful. For me, sometimes explain it like there's a line, and we can't see above the line. We can't see things from God's perspective, but God sees things in his perspective and he knows what is happening and as Lisa Beamer said he is good and faithful as Old Testament Israel was to live so that the surrounding nations would look on and say isn't God good the way His people, he treats his people and so be drawn to him so our lives are to declare the praise of God so that others are drawn to him Living in the present, looking to the future. Sing, shout, resound. Along with all the earth, we find that praising God includes all creation. The next three verses. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. The word resound means to echo or to thunder. It's the language of the sea roaring, of rivers clapping and mountains singing. And it speaks of creation's response to the king coming to judge the earth. And no wonder creation itself is joyful for they're waiting for that day. The apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8 said, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. While the psalm looked forward to the Lord coming to judge, we today, as we read the psalm, look back to Jesus on the cross, who took God's judgment on himself, And so the writer to Hebrews said Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Christ is coming, and you will be accountable. You will give an account for how you lived your life. You will give an account for what your thoughts were. You will give an account for what your desires were. You will give an account for those things that no one else knows about you. No one is innocent. And that's why mission is so important because everyone's going to give an account, but not everyone's heard about the Lord Jesus as the one who will take that punishment. That's why evangelism is so important. And that's why justice is so important also. For we live in a world where many leaders are driven by their own pride and greed. They justify sending troops to war They persecute to keep minorities in place. Corruption and abuse, indifference, marginalisation, violence and terror. They use power to protect and progress their own agenda. And along with this, the earth is exploited and mined and deforested and polluted and ravaged for people's own gain. The psalm reminds us that we will be held accountable. But the psalm also reminds us to look forward to the day when there will be liberty for God's people. When there will be a new creation a new creation for animals, for floor, fauna and flora and the environment. A, a number of years ago, um, yeah, probably quite 10 years ago maybe, I had a conversation walking down the street on, a, on the sidewalk with a guy who was trying to enlist people to sign up for weekly, uh, monthly pages for Greenpeace. Um, I listened to him and commented that it seemed to be much good that environmentalists do. But I said something to the effect, that as a Christian, I believe the core problem is not only about our actions, but we don't listen and trust the creator and what he says. He said, you can believe that, but just sign up for Greenpeace too." We are to care for the environment and for creatures great and small. But if that's all we do, then it's like treating a terminal illness by putting band-aids on it. There is benefit, but we've missed the core issue. That the King will come is good news for those who wait for him. But it is not good news for those who do not honor him. So, Psalm 98 is a little bit like an optometrist for us. Wanting to readjust our vision to help us to see God more clearly and live in praise of Him now, knowing with certainty that the King will return because of what has happened in the past through Christ's death. Sing joyfully. Be thankful for what Christ did. Shout, a metaphor for living winsomely in the present because the Lord Jesus is King and will return. Resound, live expectantly and confidently because the judge will come to save his people, and to judge his world, to bring freedom to the creation, salvation to those who trust and follow him, but judgment to those who are hard-hearted towards him. And that's why mission and evangelism and justice are so important. I'm going to pray and ask that God would do his work from his word in our lives. Our Father, we do acknowledge how easy it is, how easy it is to be hearers of your word, but not doers. We want to be doers. We want your word to actually take root in our life and begin to change who we are, We do thank you that that only takes place inwardly by you making us new through the Lord Jesus, his death and resurrection, and the spirit taking the scriptures and applying them to us. So we pray that you will help us with this psalm to help readjust our focus, to be an optometrist for us. To be grateful, to live in the light of what will come, and to live expectantly and confidently because of all you've done. We pray this through the Lord Jesus. We pray this humbly because we can't do this ourselves. Please, amen.